Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey there, once again, Mike Kapler with Joel Brzezinski. Welcome, welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast where we just uh, get together every week, Joel and I, We've been doing it for nearly 14 years now, and we just like to share our heart about some changes that took place in our lives many years ago with the gospel of grace. Uh, We've been Christians for a long time, but we went through many years kind of trying to jump from one hurdle to the next (laughs) in in the, the whole religious Christian thing. And it's not that it was all bad, but it was back uh, right around 1994 where we both uh, that's when we met, by the way, and we we both kind of intersected into this this gospel of grace, God's unconditional love, and the gift of God's righteousness that has been poured out into us. And this is the kind of stuff we talk about each and every week. Uh, we've been talking about forgiveness, the cross, the blood of Jesus, what it accomplished, and some misunderstandings about certain passages like 1 John 1, 9. We've been doing that in more recent weeks, and we want to kind of continue to springboard off of that and wrap some things up maybe on this particular thread. But um, Joel, how do you want to start this one? I hope you're doing all right this week. Yeah, yeah, I was doing well. And talking about, you know, forgiveness. And, and it's something that I think the church is really lacking in. I think people are lacking in confidence of just how forgiven they really are. They already are. And how cleansed they already are because a lot of people don't feel clean. They don't feel cleansed. You know, they've they've done some things. And I know what that's like. You don't feel like you are righteous. But we got to remember uh, as we stressed last week, it's the gift of righteousness that we've been given. It's not us. We haven't done this. It's not about us. It's something that has been accomplished through the blood of Jesus Christ, through his blood, through his death. And then again, his resurrection as we were raised together with him. That's how we've been forgiven, and that's how we have been made new. We have received new life. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and it's all the result of the gift, the finished work of Jesus Christ, what God has done on our behalf. How many ways can I say this? There's lots of ways to say it because... You know, Paul wrote about this, John wrote about this, and Jesus gave his life for all of this. And so that's what we have in Jesus Christ. And so some of the objections that people will bring up to what we've been talking about, you know, I mentioned how in uh, John 16, Jesus said that the Spirit would convict the world of sin. Uh, And so, you know, people say, well, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Well, I went through how that's regarding unbelievers, Jesus said he will convict the world of sin because they do not believe in me. Well, we are believers, and we're convicted of righteousness. Again, going back to that gift. And then we've got the Sermon on the Mount, and something that you wrote about in your book, Cap, Clash of the Covenants, the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus said, in essence, if you don't forgive others their sins, God won't forgive your sins. And so right there, There's a condition, if you don't forgive others, God's not going to forgive you. But we've got to remember that that was Old Covenant, 
Jesus was teaching Old Covenant law to those who were under the law. But in the New Covenant, we read several uh, verses last week that talk about how we've already been forgiven. So before the cross, there was a condition. And the thing about that was that there was, there was no blood. The important thing about the New Covenant, what I was just saying there, it all is based upon the blood of Jesus. When we were doing a class at church a few weeks ago, and as I was talking about that on Facebook, because I mentioned that we were going to be talking about the Sermon on the Mount, someone mentioned that her grandfather had said something one time about the Sermon on the Mount and how it's not the gospel. And what he said regarding the Sermon on the Mount is that there's no gospel in it because there's no blood in it. And that's the thing. If it's not based upon the blood of Jesus, but if it's based upon my own work, I have to forgive others or God won't forgive me. That's not the gospel. Cab, I'm sure you have more to say about the Lord's Prayer and and what Jesus said there about if you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you. But it really strikes me, it really stands out to me that in the Sermon on the Mount, in those words of Jesus, it wasn't based upon his blood, but it was based upon what the people were doing. The New Covenant is based solely upon the blood of Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it's funny how we want to pluck out certain Bible verses and try to apply them to New Covenant Christianity, because in that same sermon where Jesus, uh, you know, he talked about the Lord's Prayer, it was an Old Covenant prayer, and you're right, uh, I just encourage you to pick up uh, my book, Clash of the Covenants, it's on Amazon, paper book or, uh, paperback or uh, paper book. <laughs> <laughs> it's a paper <laughs> or, book. Or Kindle, and uh, either one, uh, just look for it, because I, I think it will help open up some eyes. It was an Old Covenant prayer, and it was right after that prayer that Jesus said, if you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you. The prayer kind of centered on that, among a couple of other things. But it's funny how we'll say, oh, so we have to forgive others, or we won't be forgiven. Well, what does that do to the cross? Where does the cross fit into that? Mm. It doesn't. It doesn't because Jesus was teaching law stuff to Jewish people who were under that law. Because right before that, he said some things I bet you don't follow through on. (laughs) Cutting off your hand giving everything away, never turning anyone down who wants to borrow. And the list goes on. So you made a great point there. There's no blood in that. There just isn't. And so it's funny, Joel, you know, I'll bet over the past eight weeks, maybe roughly, as we got into the book of Hebrews and the subject of forgiveness and started talking about First John. And last week I went through just a handful, a small handful, four, five, six different passages that declared we as believers are forgiven in Christ Jesus. It's something that's already happened. And we probably have said many more passages related to the forgiveness that has been poured out upon us through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's already a, a finished work. And yet you'll still have Christians who have been stuck in a certain mindset that goes against the gospel of grace in many ways. It's a natural reaction, and, and I'm not trying to ridicule them. It's just a natural reaction for people to say, well, what about this verse? So you can give people 15, 20, 50 different verses on God's forgiveness and sanctification and righteousness and all of these things that belong to us in him that we've been talking about, and somebody will come back and say, well, what about this verse? Now, Jesus said this. Or John said, 1 John 1, 9. And that's where you have to kind of stop because it's almost, Joel, it's almost as if they heard nothing about the 15, 20, or 50 different passages and verses that you and I were stating, you know, that declared 
the forgiveness of God in this in this instance. What we've been talking about is the subject of forgiveness. And it's almost like it just goes completely over their head because they can't get past this hurdle, this one verse that tells them something that appears to be different than all these other passages. <laughs> and that's where you have to kind of stop and say, well, wait a minute, is it possible I've just misunderstood that one verse when you match it up and stack it up against all these other ones, right? And I don't know, Joel, if you want to refer to what Paul said, if, if you didn't already, if you did, I missed it, um, where when Jesus said, you must forgive others or you won't be forgiven, Paul said something that was really the, the polar opposite of that. Yeah, he said in a couple of different places, at least, you know, Paul did talk a lot about the forgiveness that we have in Jesus Christ, but where Jesus said, if you forgive others of their trespasses, you know, God will forgive you, and if you don't forgive others of their trespasses and sins, then your Heavenly Father won't forgive you. Now, Paul, in the New Covenant, in his New Covenant epistles, writing to believers who have been born again, who have been made new creations, who have been forgiven, he, he said, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, and here's what he didn't say, or God won't forgive you. No, he said, just as in Christ God forgave you. So he encourages them to be forgiving towards each other, to forgive each other. Why? Because God has already forgiven them. And that was Ephesians 4.32. And Colossians 3.13, he says the same thing, basically. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Again, before, it was a condition. It was a condition to forgive others or God won't forgive you. Now, it's God has already forgiven you. And so that's how and, you and Joel, treat that, others. And Joel, that, uh, that makes us empowered to be able to forgive others, not to be forgiven, but just to do it because it's who we are in him. Right, exactly. <clears throat> that first way, if I feel like I'm struggling with forgiving others, I'm going to have a lot of condemnation and a sense of guilt and shame uh, because I'm not living up to what uh, I think God needs from me in order to be forgiven. I mean, I'm, I'm going to live that way if, if I think that it's up to me. But if I consider all that the blood of Jesus has accomplished for me, what the finished work really did accomplish for me, the great lengths that God went to, <laughs> and, you know, to take our sin and guilt away, the blood of Jesus Christ, his death and his resurrection, and I consider that God went through all of that because he so loved me. Then, like you say, I'm empowered to love others and to forgive others. Again, not as a condition to get anything from God, but because I've already received everything I need from God. Yeah, because the, the bottom line on that is you can't give forgiveness to others if you're still seeking God's forgiveness for you. So this is the good news of the gospel, God's forgiveness provided to us as a gift. We don't seek it over and over again. <laughs> we sometimes have misunderstood a couple of different passages here and there, maybe a couple of Bible verses here and there, as we've talked about, like with 1 John 1, 9, and what Joel was talking about there from the Sermon on the Mount from Jesus as he was talking to Jewish people before the cross who were still under the law, still trying to establish their own righteousness through their works and their efforts. We are beyond all of that now, and that that's the beauty of where we're at in Jesus Christ, in this new covenant. 
because you know this is just this is the problem sometimes though people if if we misunderstand a verse or a passage and it goes against it doesn't match up the math will not align with many other passages and scriptures because we're taking things out of context and again much of that is based upon a mindset a certain way of thinking we've made some assumptions about different passages that may not always be true and that's okay we're growing in grace we're growing in our understanding we're growing in the knowledge of the lord jesus christ but in order to continue doing that sometimes it's going to mean throwing away some of the thoughts some of the different doctrines that we've been carrying around with us and and take a look at what Jesus did on our behalf, because this is really all about him and what he has done, not so much about us and what we do. Right, and we can go around with, rather than having a sin consciousness, there's an unhealthy sin obsession in the church. We can go around with a righteousness consciousness, uh, because that is the 100% reality of who we are, and that changes everything. The freedom brings us to a place that we can live from that place of righteousness and holiness rather than trying to attain it through what we do. Well, we've done five parts of our First John 1-9 series. Next week, we're going to wrap it up given the, the bottom line of uh, what we're trying to talk about here, what we believe First John 1-9 and First John 1 as a whole was talking about. So wrapping up the First John 1-9 series next week right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.